Like Effect continues on Milwaukee Public Radio now. I'm Audrey Nowakowski. And I'm Bonnie North. At the Wisconsin State Fair this month, among the extreme food offerings, like the deep-fried bacon-wrapped olives on a stick, was one menu option you might have missed, cricket nachos. You might think the offering was there just for shock value, but read the fair's own food listing. Cricket nachos have all the flavor of regular nachos, but they're high in protein and gluten-free. Crickets are a sustainable protein that requires less water to grow, providing an eco-friendly way of eating. That speaks precisely to the work our next guest is doing. Our Full Plate series this summer has told the stories of agriculture in Wisconsin. And while Valerie Stoll is based at UW-Madison, her work stands to have a global impact on agriculture. Stoll is the co-founder of Mighty, the mission to improve global health through insects. Lake Effect's Mitch Tyke reached Stoll via Skype from Madison, and she explained the global imperative for her work. So I think that agriculture today is pressured on all sides. In food production, we're facing challenges with a changing climate. We're seeing population growth. It's estimated that the world population will be 9.7 billion by 2050. At the same time, more people are entering the middle class and have a shifting preference for higher input foods like meat products and dairy products. And at the same time, agriculture itself is actually contributing to climate change. We know that 14.5% of total greenhouse gas emissions created by people come from livestock production alone. So we need to actually increase our agricultural production moving forward, but do that without further straining our finite environmental resources. So I think that insects are an underexplored and underutilized resource that we actually could put a lot of effort into just the way we have with other domesticated animals and plants that we use for food. And we could really tap into them as a nutrition source that's less stressful and less intensive environmentally. So insects are much more environmentally sustainable than traditional livestock. They require less land, feed, and water to survive and thrive, but they're basically nutritionally equivalent. They have high amounts of crude protein, healthy essential amino acids, fatty acids, vitamins, and minerals. And actually, as Americans, we're, we're kind of in the minority. About 2 billion people already consume insects on a regular basis, and they choose from over 1,900 edible species regularly. So there's a lot of potential for different flavors and tastes of insects with less environmental impact than traditional meat. Well, and so, I mean, you, you kind of touched on this, uh, but can you give us some history? I mean, there are cultures around the world that have included insects as part of their diet for millennia, if I understand it right. You don't have to name all, you know, 1,200 or so, but, uh, but <laughs> how, how are people in other parts of the world consuming insects today? Yeah, insects are actually a very large industry in parts of Southern Africa and Asia and Latin America. There's a particular caterpillar called the Mopani worm in Southern Africa that's traded across international borders and is worth millions of dollars, which is pretty (laughs) impressive for a tiny insect that's not being farmed. It's being wild harvested. There are about 20,000 cricket farmers in Thailand that are selling crickets as their primary source of income. And since there are so many different edible insect species, people are harvesting them from the wild and also cultivating them for consumption across the world. Um, Historically, even the Native Americans in North America ate different species of insects. 
And really, um, it's the Western cultures of Europe and the United States that have kind of abandoned or not accepted entomophagy, the practice of eating insects. But there's so much potential there that's gone unexplored in our culture. Well, so if there is if there is commercial uh, harvesting of insects going on in various parts of the world, whether it's Thailand or Southern Africa or wherever, what's lacking in our understanding of this that your work seeks to address? Mm. So I'm really interested in the potential to farm insects, both at a small scale and commercially. And that's because wild harvesting of insects, like anything, can be problematic. We've seen in parts of Southern Africa, people are cutting down trees to access particular caterpillars, for example, that are a delicacy. So unsustainable harvesting can be a problem for the environment. Also, you could damage an ecosystem if you completely remove a specific insect for human consumption that should be also a food for other animals in that ecosystem. Likewise, when you're hunting or wild harvesting anything, you can't guarantee the food safety of that product. It could have been exposed to contaminants like pesticides or heavy metal residue that could be damaging to people if they eat it. So that's why I think insect cultivation, or what I like to call mini livestock farming, (laughs) (laughs) has a lot of potential because you could control the feed and growth of the insect over time and guarantee that with safe processing, it's safe to eat and highly nutritious and highly productive. So I think... Oh, go go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. You know, I was just saying, I think that insect cultivation or mini livestock has so much potential that is relatively underexplored. So we've been domesticating other animals for 10,000 years or more and just starting to tap into insects as a, as a feed source that could be farmed. Now, people are very adept at farming crickets, um, silkworms, for example, and honeybees. We're, we're good at working with insects in other ways, but there's so many other edible species that might do well in a con- confined environment, a, f- a farming environment that we haven't explored yet. I, I'm so glad you described them as as mini livestock because I I feel less guilty about imagining tiny farms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what's the ultimate aim? If if everything went right with your work, what would you hope would be the result? Yeah, so MIGHTY, the mission to improve global health through insects, has really been focused on small-scale insect production in development contexts where people are already consuming insects. So I spent a year in Zambia working with communities to try and understand how they experience and interact with the edible insects they do consume and how insect farming or mini livestock might fit in. But we're also looking into the health benefits of eating insects. Here at the University of Wisconsin, we've been cultivating insects on different feed substrates and then looking at the nutritional value of those insects at the end of the day. So what I want Mighty to do is help promote sustainable insect farming as a new food source for people in places like Zambia, but also to contribute to shifting the American thought and American diet away from resource-intensive products like beef and towards more sustainable protein like insects. Um, I'll say that a lot of people are skeptical that this is going to happen, that Americans would embrace insects because we have such an ick factor when it comes to eating bugs. But I actually think that over time, our culinary choices can change. If you think about sushi, 25 or 30 years ago, it was pretty much taboo and no one was eating sushi in the United States. And now it's everywhere. 
you can get sushi at a gas station. (laughs) So we've really embraced raw fish. And I think with more education and knowledge about insects and more producers um, and, and chefs experimenting with how to make them delicious, I think Americans will come around eventually. At least that's what I hope. Well, and to be fair, you're not necessarily talking about, you know, to use one example, eating crickets as full crickets. There, there, are, there are people that are making it into cricket flour, right? Exactly. Yeah. One of the largest cricket producers in North America is a company called Entimo Farms in Canada, and they produce a variety of insect powders or flowers. Um, that you can bake with. And so I actually bake with cricket powder regularly. And you just substitute about a quarter or a third of your regular flour for cricket powder. And you've added a bunch of protein and other nutrients to your baked good, which helps us because then we don't have to face the insect, which can be scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so are you bringing cricket cookies into your lab? <laughs> I have brought them and shared them with my coworkers, and and I usually bring them to talks when I give talks on this research to help people. You know, it's an easy first step, just eating a cookie that has some crickets in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I, I I I guess I have to bring this up because as I was preparing for this interview, I saw the piece. Uh, I think it was in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel actually that uh, at the Wisconsin State Fair there was one booth that was indeed serving cricket nachos. Perfect. Yes, that's been big. There's been um, there was just a article about the Colorado State Fair, a company I know there called Rocky Mountain Micro Ranch had a cricket eating contest at the Colorado State Fair. So really getting people to be bold and embrace uh, <laughs> eating insects. I'm curious to hear a little bit more about your work in Zambia. You're, you're, you were describing the kind of work you did in talking with people about for lack of a better term, how they interact or how they experience the uh, the insects that are part of their diet. Talk, talk a little bit more about what you learned there. Yeah. So on paper, insect farming is a great idea. Like I just said, we know that insects require less water, less land, less feed because they're ectothermic or cold-blooded. So they don't expend very much energy um, keeping their body temperature at one temperature. So they're more efficient at converting food into body mass, and they also can often thrive in tight, confined spaces. So the idea of farming insects on paper is fantastic, but there are cultural factors, there are agroecological factors, um, and social factors that are uh, going to affect the receptivity of populations to insect cultivation. So I wanted to go into a community and really get to know them and understand their lived experiences with insects and the nuances around entomophagy or the practice of eating insects. Because just saying, oh, you already eat insects, therefore you should eat this particular species of farmed insects is is a pretty short-sighted perspective, I would say. So what I learned while I was there is that insect consumption or entomophagy is not a category the way we have vegetarianism here. So people don't identify as an insectivore, for example. It's much more complicated than that, where there are very specific species that certain people are eating and they identify as those species being food, whereas all other insects are not considered food, just the way Americans don't consider insects food. So what I found is that we need to be very specific and targeted with efforts to promote mini livestock in that we need people to embrace that specific species as food and see a lot of value in consuming it, both nutritional value and potential economic benefits from rearing that insect. 
Well, so how would you imagine that the the change might start to happen in a culture where uh, where insect eating is not common, like the United States or Europe? How how do you start to shift attitudes the way the way it worked with sushi? So I think Americans are pretty receptive to understanding the benefits of particular foods. So we've seen there's really good nutrition messaging around things like goji berries or kombucha and things like that that take off in niche markets initially because there are certain consumers who are interested in the benefits of that product. And I think we're seeing, especially with millennials, getting more invested in where their food comes from and the environmental impacts of their food. There's a growing interest in more sustainable food, particularly protein. And so if we can get the messaging out about edible insects, number one, and then number two, I think, is making them delicious <laughs> and and making them easy to use. So I, I definitely agree with skeptics who say that, you know, Americans are not going to start crunching on whole insects anytime soon. But with all of the added value products like insect powders and insect baked goods, you can get an exo bar today, which is a cricket bar, like a power it's similar to a power bar. I think messaging and um, repackaging those insects in ways that Americans are more used to consuming food um, will be really beneficial moving forward. I feel like this is a, a vaguely shallow question, but let me let me ask it anyway. Do, do, where do insectivores fit in the in the 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 paradigm, the eating paradigm in this country? If you, I mean, are insects part of a vegetarian diet? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I am actually a vegetarian, but I'm an insectivore. So I am a vegetarian for mostly environmental and humanitarian reasons. And so in my opinion, rearing insects is a more ethical and environmentally friendly choice than traditional livestock. But I have met other vegetarians and vegans who are not interested in eating insects. And I think it really depends on what their motivation for those food choices are. But I would say right now, the people that I know that are really interested in insects consumption are people who are really interested in sustainable food sources. There's also like a kind of a, a movement of the protein, the people who like protein smoothies that are bodybuilding are getting interested in cricket protein as a better protein choice um, for them than soy protein or whey protein would be. Also because of some allergies, um, some people are allergic to soy and whey, so maybe they're, they can, they're more tolerable of, of insect protein. Um, but I should note that some people are also allergic to insects, so people, you should be careful. If you have a shellfish allergy, you should probably be very wary of eating a cricket product because you may be allergic to it. Do you remember the first time you ate an insect? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, the first time I ate an insect was in Latin America when I was maybe 12 or 13 traveling with my parents. I had I had some fried ants, and they were pretty good. But then, it, then there was probably a 10-year gap before I ate another insect. But my, my travels in southern Africa, I've eaten a lot of caterpillars and termites and flying ants and all of the things. Uh, again, shallow question, but do you have a, a favorite insect or a favorite way to eat insects? Yeah. So actually, in, in Zambia, there are these large flying ants that when they're just pan-fried, you don't even add oil because they're quite oily, these flying ants. They taste just like potato chips, and they're delicious, and they're really good. Other than that, in here in the U.S., I really like cooking and baking with cricket powder, and uh, mealworms on top of salad are also good. They kind of taste like soy nuts. Huh. 
Uh, well, I, I have to say uh, it's a surprisingly, at least surprisingly to me, uh, fascinating topic. And uh, <laughs> Valerie Stahl, thank you so much for sharing your work with us. My pleasure. Thank you for your interest. Valerie Stoll is a doctoral student at the University of Wisconsin-Madison and co-founder of Mighty, the mission to improve global health through insects. You can see a slideshow of the projects Mighty is involved with at wuwm.com. Stoll spoke with Lake Effects Mitch Tyke as a part of our full plate series on agriculture in Wisconsin. <laughs>